everyone. Welcome to another podcast about Dinner Church. We're so glad that you're listening to this. There was one episode before this that uh, my wife and co-pastor, Christian Ann, uh, sat down and recorded about why Dinner Church, which is part our story uh, as pastors of North City Church and part uh, some of the convictions that led us to choosing to try Dinner Church about a year ago. So if you'd like to hear that story, check that out. If you're tracking along with us and this is the second episode you're listening to great this episode is dedicated to what dinner church is so we try to get into the practical a little bit describe what it's like for us Uh, this is for north city people if they are curious about why we do what we do but it's also targeted towards those uh, who we're getting to meet who are interested in dinner church and maybe interested in starting one if you're one of those people this sparks any curiosity for you at all i would love to meet you um i am just trying to create connections and build relationships with people who are trying this uh just to share learning together uh we in no way have this figured out we've learned from some people doing this uh for a long time and are taking what we've learned from them and making it our own and i as a pastor who's just trying to press into this way of doing church, dinner church as a whole, want to just create community around those who are choosing to innovate in these ways uh, to love their neighbors, uh, to fulfill the mission of the church. So if that's you, please reach out to me. Uh, You can email me at jd at northcitychurchmpls.com. jd at northcitychurchmpls.com. Let's jump into the conversation for today. Today, we're going to explore the what. Last Mm -hmm. time we talked about the why. Yeah, and what I was thinking about as you were sharing is, you know, like you said, we don't really have all this figured out. It's almost like we're leaving the breadcrumbs behind us for those who are, you know, and we're we're still figuring out where we're going to begin with. But um, we want to be of help if this is something that God is stirring up in your own heart and um, feeling like God might be prompting you to try a different expression of church. So that that's the imagery you're like putting lampposts and in the ground as we make the road, you know? So maybe try this. (laughs) Not sure. Exactly. Exactly. We can only see so far in front of us. Yeah. And this, this is uh, both for the North city community to maybe look at what we do from week to week and say, Oh, this is why we do this. Or now I can enter into this practice or component of dinner church with deeper meaning but it's also for the listener like we've been describing who's thinking about what this could look like in their context and just needs to look at what someone else did um not like carbon copy go do this thing but this is what's been meaningful to us what we've learned and what we're trying and i'm sure god will lead you to do something a little bit different but it might have some of the same core elements so where we, how do we start? Where do we go? Yeah, here? well, we, we just thought we'd answer the question, what does a dinner church look like? And yeah. if you were to walk into ours, you know, this is not a prescription for this is how all dinner churches look because they really all look quite different. But um, what would you experience? And so uh, I'm just going to say, hey, it's like JD's walking in with you and he's <laughs> going to describe what you'd see. And um, so maybe you can just start. Like when you walk yeah. in, we, we meet at a community center in a park. Like when you walk in through those park community center doors, like what do you experience? You experience Claudie greeting you with the biggest <laughs> smile you've ever seen. 
Claudia is one of our staff members and uh, leads our welcome team. But if you would come to this, the first thing you'd see is signs that just said neighborhood free neighborhood dinner. And we don't love that language, but it's the language we use. Other uh, other uh, dinner churches use community dinner. So mm-hmm. to the external driver by it, it um, we're saying this is open to everyone to come and share a meal, a full meal, not just a t- grab and go, but a full meal. So you walk through the doors and you're greeted just like you might be greeted at a party or something like that. Like, hey, welcome. Uh, come on in. And you come into a just a pretty plain <laughs> community room. Yep. Uh, that Those we, fluorescent lights are our special yeah, touch. <laughs> right? Real, real fancy. Mm-hmm. But we have taken some intentional steps to kind of make the space feel a little bit more than just like a cold room. Like there's tablecloths, there's seasonal decor sometimes. That's a, that's a choice we've made. And there's people whose role that evening is to be intentional greeters so you get greeted again. Yeah. And... Usually those greeters will say, go ahead and have a seat and share maybe something you're grateful for. Introduce yourself to someone new. So we seat people at the tables. There's this general buzz and conversation. And uh, right about at five, you'll start hearing live music (laughs) from most often our music worship coordinator, Kara, Mm -hmm. who is playing a selection of either, for lack of a better term, secular music and Christian music, worship music. And that goes on in the background. And then at some point, just about when everyone's like, hey, when's the food going to start? Uh, <laughs> someone will get up. Uh, MC will introduce uh, him or herself and just say, hey, this is why we're doing this. We're so glad that you're here. Let me pray and let's start the meal. And usually there's some uh, phrase like uh, we do this because our mission is to love our neighbors in the way of Jesus. And he loved people by eating with them. So that's what we're trying to do here tonight, Mm -hmm. just something simple like that. And then people eat and the food is always good. I'll I'll, I'll be bold and say that. I've not walked away from a dinner church and thought, oh, no, that wasn't good. I'm sure someone has had that experience. Sure, yeah. Uh, they're just picky then i think i think we do a great <laughs> yeah, they're just picky. i think we do a great job and try to make the food as accessible as we can to a, a number of people which means maybe leaning into some ethnic food sometimes but also having gluten-free options and stuff like that so mm-hmm. that people have less and less barriers of participating so do people like bring their own food or like where does the food come from great Great question, Christian. And great question. We we are professional. I, okay. I know people can get stressed out by food dynamics. Like yes. I really like meal planning and yeah. and putting together a menu of things, but for some that is just not their gig. And oh, so, I I mean, just put yourself yeah. yourselves in JD's shoes. Like he cooks maybe like four times a year. <laughs> Let's just be real, right? Like, and what if you were planning yeah. a, a whole dinner church? That is that's a that's a great question. Maybe we can come back to it in more length when we kind of unpack this a little bit. But um, yeah, there are solutions. Uh, I'd say, and we we went the route of catering or paying for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, some dinner churches exist that do potluck style, and people bring everything, and there's this beautiful, you know, old school church potluck style mm-hmm. meal where there's way too many chips. And but some really good <laughs> hot dishes or um, really good home cooking um, that's sustainable for some people, but n- not others. And we chose the route of basically our our mechanism is Costco catering or catering from a local restaurant. Yeah. 
and we can explore that more with food why we went that way and what's important in that but uh for the, it's important for the listener who's like mm, if i was a part of starting this that would be a huge barrier and that often comes up there are solutions there's a dinner church starting this week that we're walking alongside that's just going to do spaghetti dinners <laughs> they got a younger crew hey that that works right college students they're like let's start with spaghetti dinners and they hope to kind of develop from there they're cooking it themselves right there so oh, cool. there's yeah. there's there's solutions in that regard and we have a dedicated staff member that does that super well um so that's one way of doing it a mm-hmm. lot a lot of ways to do that grab food you sit next to someone uh when there's a lulling conversation there's always that what are you grateful for question to come back to but Mm -hmm. usually people are just humming sharing chasing kids trying to get the food in kids mouth that sort of like (laughs) beautiful chaos of like a big community dinner Mm -hmm. and it's really wonderful all the time there's this background music that's awesome live you kind of have that live coffee shop music vibe going mm-hmm. on while you're eating that doesn't overpower but compliments and sometimes you have people stop and listen to the music and the lyrics and be really influenced by that and have like a moment of like wow that's a beautiful song because the songs are typically in the theme of what we're hoping to discuss or focus on that day and we have we have someone who actually asked for the lyrics yes and she wants to look and and listen and try to sing along sometimes which has been really cool yes absolutely (laughs) um but it it's it's a great vibe and then someone will come up and the mc is a role someone will come up and do like announcements and that's kind of a transition point where the meal, the discussion vibe is still continuing. We have loads of kids, which mm-hmm. is a beautiful part of our... Usually like 40%. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pushing 40% yep. most of the time. A lot of little people, so it's a transition point for us. We have chosen to pair or integrate uh, kids programming, intentional age developmental appropriate kids programming in the midst of the dinner church experience Mm -hmm. not a lot of dinner churches do that i think we're pretty unique they just have the kids participate the whole time and have different ways of engaging with them Uh, our elementary students kind of go off to the other side of their room and have a craft a more like tactile way of engaging (laughs) with the rest of the time but then there's kind of like an intentional (laughs) question ask uh to kind of spur the conversation around the tables to the the next portion we call that a community time question it ranges anywhere from <coughs> christian ann does not have covid just so you know <laughs> just have a sorry bad... about the cops oh just yeah a bad sorry. cop uh it ranges the community time question ranges anywhere from like hey are you into sports or not do you do you love <laughs> football or you couldn't care less to like who is your best friend in high school? They're just kind of meaningful questions, sometimes associated with the Jesus story, which comes some, sometime later than that, or later after that. So like two or three minutes after, uh, a communicator will get up. It's most often Christian Ann and I as the pastors, but mm-hmm. we really like to diversify it. And uh, we'd love to, I think, get it at the place where we're doing it only two thirds to half the time. And that's a Jesus story, which is really crucial. It's not a sermon. It's not a sermonette. It, for us, we choose to focus on a story from Jesus's life. Mm-hmm. And um, that typically ranges from 8 to 10 slash 12, 15, <laughs> depending 15 on how long max. I go uh, mostly. But 
the sweet spot I think is eight to 10 minutes. And the breakdown is that we share a story from Jesus's life that impacts our story in some way. And we're always trying to talk about the difference that Jesus life, Jesus makes in our life. And then the natural place to turn after that is discussion around the tables, which we've really gone back and forth on heavy structure, no structure. And we've kind of landed on uh, giving permission to have discussion by saying, hey, if you'd like to share one thing that stood out to you from the Jesus story today, go ahead and share that around your table. Mm-hmm. Or um, if there's a way that you feel like this makes a difference in your life, share that as well. Or sometimes if there's a really specific part of the story, we'll ask a really specific question mm-hmm. like, what does hope look like in your life? That kind of thing. But there's always permission to pass or permission to not participate or permission to go back to talking about what you were talking about before the Jesus totally. story. <clears throat> and so this this kind of real fluid, but usually what happens, at least in our context, not in every context, is there's a pretty meaningful discussion for about 10 to 15 minutes that sometimes get awkward <laughs> oh, yeah. and sometimes like, really okay, beautiful. Okay, so somebody else going to talk now? I mean, somebody yeah. else just talked, so who's going to talk next, right? Yeah. yeah. And sometimes they turn into people praying for each other. You know, mm-hmm. it's this really beautiful, like, let's share our thoughts and perspectives. And we try to reinforce this culture of like uh, everything, everything. You, it's OK to bring your full self uh, to this table. So yeah. then after that time, the MC gets back up or the communicator and leads. Uh, we just introduced this last Sunday, mm-hmm. leads a time of communion and blessing. So we've chosen it's important to our community. We feel, feel like dinner church is an expression of communion, but it's important to our community to have kind of like a sacred moment to yeah. name Jesus's presence there with us and uh, send us into the next week. So we have juice on the table, crackers on the table, and the MC or communicator leads people in like pouring juice for each other and partaking mm-hmm. and passing around the little crackers we have and partaking. And uh, we hope that's a really meaningful part of, we haven't always done that mm-hmm. because we've scared, right. been scared to do that in a non-churchy way but still a comprehensible way. Siri keeps... I didn't get that. <laughs> <laughs> try again? I was just talking about how we try to do it in a comprehensible way, but uh, apparently Siri didn't get it. Um, so we're She's trying. Like, you talking to me? <laughs> <laughs> we're trying. We're trying. Then we send people out with a blessing, and we invite them even to open their hands in a posture of receiving and send them out into their week and bless them and pray for them. And uh, when we remember, mm-hmm. we say... If you'd like to receive prayer, if you'd like to pray with someone, there's someone available to do that. And we almost always have leftovers. And oh, so yeah. we are happy to send leftovers. The Larson family has been blessed by the... <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're a family of five. We yeah, appreciate yeah. the leftovers. Yeah. But that's it. Parents yeah. go get their kids afterwards. The kids are super stoked. They have a lot of fun. They love it when the stuff gets cleared away because then they just run around the community they just room. Run around. At least ours do. <laughs> and uh, we have a host team that sets up, but mm-hmm. more often than not, organically, the community that had dinner with each other just kind of tear the place down, mm-hmm. linger, have conversations. That's kind of the afterglow of the evening, if you will, and that's mm-hmm. beautiful sort of connections, laughter, and story getting shared. Yeah. And then we see everybody next week. Yeah. 
So a, a question came up when you were talking. Yeah. If I'm putting myself in the shoes of someone who's never experienced this before, which was us like six months ago, um, <clears throat> is how similar or different does this experience feel from maybe a, a church that, you know, there's liturgical experience or there's, you know, musical worship. There, A proclamation church is kind of the language that oh, sure. um, yeah. that we've... that dinner church materials kind of use like church around a stage proclamation church like where you gather and you sit in a seat and there's a sermon kind of maybe a little bit more of the traditional church experience like how how different does it feel how similar does it feel yeah really different um there's some similar elements maybe that would Mm -hmm. like be echoes of that experience for sure i think i think kind of what you're asking is like what is dinner church not and it isn't those things that you described some people come or ask questions on our website before expecting those things which is very fair because we still call ourselves a church not all dinner churches call themselves churches like liturgical church traditional church crammed in with dinner or dinner before or after something yeah we're not doing that you know this isn't a fellowship meal before church or after church the dinner is the centerpiece of what we do Mm, and what happens around the table is what we're choosing to do. So that's Mm -hmm. a difference. Um, I think people get that with our signage and Mm -hmm. how we communicate what we're doing. But if you're coming expecting church, we've mentioned this last time, like uh, it's hard to be anonymous. Like Mm -hmm. it's impossible to be anonymous. (laughs) We struggle with that word apparently. Yeah. Um, but this is a church you talk in, a church that someone's going to ask you questions, a church that you're bringing yourself to. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people are down for that. Some people just want to like eat their food in silence, which is okay. Uh, we, yeah. we welcome their presence too. Um, but that's the biggest difference. <clears throat> it, you have a role to play other than just singing and saying amen when the, when the preacher makes a point, you know, and then clapping and leaving afterwards. Like, we said last time in the wild. Amen and clapping would not be a part of some church traditions. That's true. So. <laughs> <laughs> but particularly the, Sto- or, uh, the Stoic the Swedes. Stoic Swedes yeah. of, mm-hmm. of our region. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a participation. We said last podcast, uh, you are the content. Mm-hmm. You bringing yourself, everyone bringing yourself around the table is the mm-hmm. content instead of a sermon or worship for the day yeah, yeah one of one of the things i also hear you saying is that even though it is quite different it's not just like a chaotic family get together either like there's no. some there's some leadership there's an mc there's someone sort of guiding the time yeah. but there's plenty of organic sort of room for connection and yeah. it doesn't look the same every week because yeah not the same people are there every week or some, you know, like things change and there's lots of fluidity. However, um, <clears throat> there is some structure. Yeah. That's a, uh, in kind of missional practice, we talk about the balance between organic and organized and mm-hmm. it's the, one of the best balances we've found in yeah. our, in our pursuit of that. Um, there's a structure that people expect, but there's also freedom, uh, to experience it differently every mm-hmm. single time. So, yeah. Yeah. More so, on the what it's not, if I could go there. A oh, bit. sure. Maybe. Yeah, I was going to say, like, there's kind of two different routes that I think it's important to share. Like, what are the essentials? Yeah. Like, what are the essentials of a dinner church that, or the cornerstones, you could say? Yeah. And then what are the things that it really is not? So if you want to go to the 
the places yeah, it's I'll not go first. What it's not first, and then we'll share the essentials. I think it's really important to note a couple of things. It's not a soup kitchen. It's right. not a handout, and that becomes very important because um, what Dinner Church is trying to do is, I say the phrase like, when I'm MC, like we hope that this community dinner is by, for, and with our neighborhood. It's yeah. a mutual experience. Everybody's welcome to the table. If people want to help out, they're welcome to help out. For sure. And people ask to help. Like we, I don't know how many neighbor, neighbors have helped us tear down and are on our teams mm-hmm. now who haven't been to church in a long time. And so they, the people who've come to our dinner church have taken that to heart. It's yeah. like this is not a like free meal at the Lutheran church. Come pick it up. Um, not to pick on Lutherans. I was going like, to say, watch out. <laughs> no, I'm not picking on Lutherans. The fill-in-the-blank church. It's not like we're putting meals in boxes and handing them out and say, bless you. That's amazing. That's awesome. But that's not what we're doing. Mm-hmm. We're, we're sharing a meal. The other uh, the other thing is it's not an outreach. So it's not a church program. Right. It's church. It's the central gathering of our community that's on mission, loving our neighbors in the way of Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's the central practice we've chosen uh, for consistently gathering together towards that mission. Right. It's not an outreach. It's not an additional program. It's not something that we do and then have regular church. This is regular mm-hmm. church for us. So. Yeah. And I think that, you know, there's other things that it's not right now and mm-hmm. um, things that it's worth naming that we've missed in this form yeah. and, and way of church. Like I spent many years on a worship team where I'm singing yeah. or playing guitar um, and singing congregationally with our church. And we don't have that very often. Like we might integrate that here and there um, on a Sunday, but we've had to say, where is a place for that in our church? And we've done those, we've done worship nights outside of this space. Um, but yeah, congregational singing and worship in that way mm-hmm. does not hold, a, have a placeholder in our, in our yeah. gender church expression. And I, I have deeply missed that. Mm-hmm. Um, and to say, how can worship, you know, in this place that, it, that, bri- that worship singing congregationally brings me to still be a part of my life? Because yeah. that is important. We are, people who worship all the time and if we're not careful to turn our gaze and say what are the ways we're we're consciously turning our our eyes our hearts our bodies our our voices towards jesus and in that type of way so i just think it's worth naming like this is not like here's your next best expression of church and it's going to hit and meet all your needs like it's just not the next trendy way of doing church like it's important to name that and we are we're trying to figure it out um, but this is the way that we feel like God is leading us to. And actually, like you just named this last Sunday, that this is what the way like dinner churches or churches in homes would gather outside of a temple, like after yeah. Jesus's death and resurrection for what you said, 350 300 years and at least yeah, <clears throat> around 350. It's debatable, but. I made the point longer than the United States has existed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is, and then, you know, now we've had decades and centuries of, of doing church kind of in a temple yeah. and in a, around a stage or, you know, in a liturgical way. But yeah, that this, this expression has been around a long time too. Yeah. If we're going to go through like, like the things that we miss, the things that we're still figuring out, I think it's really important who are, for people who are considering this or who are in it, 
whenever you follow and respond to God to try and innovate and do a new thing and listen to the Holy Spirit, there is always sacrifices and there's always grief. There's a lot of background internal work that we've been doing as pastors and people to grieve the things that we're missing. Like we're, I, it's not a new silver bullet. There is sacrifices being made, but I think we're consciously still doing that because we're choosing something to elevate something different, to elevate mission, to elevate being present to our neighborhood, to be a place that the people who are isolated might come to. Mm -hmm. But, um, we're also putting the challenge on us. We're making it easier for that person to come be around the table yeah. and putting the work back on us to reimagine what receiving teaching and what mm-hmm. receiving and participating in musical worship, which have been two cornerstones of the church for centuries and centuries. Yep. We're putting the, the onus on us as Christians and followers of Jesus to to discover the essence of what that is and how meaningful it is for us and how to discover that outside of our primary practice so that our, we're elevating sort of mission and being open to the neighborhood mm-hmm. as the primary thing. So Yeah. So what would you say are the essentials yeah. of a dinner church expression? Or what would we, at least we say, the essentials are um, so far of what we've, we've experienced? Let me try to name them in maybe order of importance. Um, (laughs) And I don't know how many will uh, emerge from this, and then we'll try to unpack them. How does that sound? Um, This isn't trying to be Sunday school. It is authentic. Mm -hmm. First one is Jesus. You can't have a dinner church without the presence of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And it's very important, first and foremost, to ask the question, how are we facilitating and inviting the presence of Jesus in this space? So there's that. Yeah. Um, number two is people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you, I, I would double click on that and maybe three things would emerge, three or four things. You, yourself, you're bringing yourself. You can't be anonymous. Mm-hmm. Strangers is the language we use or isolated or neighbor, uh, someone who... People you don't know. People you don't know. Mm-hmm. And having that spirit of hospitality like we talked about in the last podcast. You can't have a dinner church without neighbors, without strangers. Uh Another double click there would be kids who are, like we said last episode, strangers in their Mm -hmm, own way, mm -hmm. chaotic. Um, And certainly you could have a dinner church without kids because of the circumstance, but that's a huge element of of our reality. Mm -hmm. And then uh, whatever you want to call it, the Christian community, the beloved community, your brothers and sisters in Christ around the table as well. So that's Jesus, people, food. Um, a huge (laughs) element it's like let's not miss the fact that like we were just saying for uh, 350 years uh, food was a central component of christian gatherings Mm -hmm. and this is uh, an attempt to bring that back and say hey maybe jesus something was onto something there Mm -hmm. the third element would be stories i think you're on four four (laughs) thank you (laughs) You as i'm holding holding four fingers out yeah (laughs) four uh stories yep and uh we mean that in two ways we try to be very intentional by telling a jesus story every week you don't have to do that that's what we've chosen we learned that and this is a big like footnote a lot of what we've learned is from a community in seattle that has dinner churches uh uh, led by a guy named 17 dinner churches bosner Yeah. yeah 13 dinner churches they are expert on dinner church so if you don't know dinnerchurch.com yet go check that out but sure, we're yeah. much of what you're hearing is in the way and the pattern of them with our own iterations of mm-hmm. it 
um, stories, Jesus stories. They focus on Jesus. We, to this date, have exclusively focused on Jesus stories. I think we'll have the freedom to venture out from maybe just to Bible stories from there. Um, but Jesus stories are essential for us right now. And another component of that is our own stories. We bring that into the Jesus story in the way right. that we're communicating, that it's not three-point bullet sermons. It's like we're sharing, the speaker is encouraged to share their authentic story and self. Also, we hope that people bring their own stories around the table, and that's an essential component. Mm -hmm. So stories. So Jesus, people, food, stories. Uh, I might just say like art and music together mm -hmm. maybe combined maybe they could be separate elements but uh they're kind of similar and yeah that's kind the... of like a, a sacred worship mixed in with art and music like yeah <laughs> the creative yeah. i guess would creative be, yeah. yeah creative <clears throat> environment i think um a creative worshipful environment mm -hmm. we might say and that comes through in the live music we have that even when we play cold play or mm -hmm. Bon Iver or whatever, we're choosing those songs hmm. um, because they resonate in some sense with the Jesus story, which is what the thematic um, ambiance of the week is centered around. Right. And so Kara, who organizes this, will like put a set list together of live music that's happening in the background that resonates with the Jesus story. Or mm -hmm. if it's hope, love, or healing, she'll put something together. Totally. Typically, that's like half and half of worship songs and secular songs for mm -hmm. lack of a better term and the other components are we've had things like art wells where people have a theme that they know we're talking about that they bring in their own art or art that really resonates with the theme and we like display that other dinner churches have like live art going on as a part of it and like talk about what the artist has made right in front of people so there's this creative atmosphere with that and I guess if you're going to lump sacred into that, that's our communion practice, like trying to make more explicit the sacred or sacrament is simply where God's presence breaks into the world mm -hmm. in a really intentional way. Like we're trying to pursue a perception of God's presence in the world and communion. We've just realized for us why we re-implemented it. We didn't always do this mm -hmm. was we wanted a more intentional, explicit moment for us to acknowledge Jesus's presence. Mm -hmm. And not every dinner church does that. A lot of them don't. They mm -hmm. say what we're doing is communion. Uh, but that's kind of the essential rundown. Yeah. Uh, I think one of the biggest shifts for me and when I've talked to others about dinner church and what feels different about it is the expectation that you come with to dinner church or to church hmm. um, I think when I would go to kind of the churches I grew up with where there's a sermon where there's musical worship where there's some sort of sometimes community time or communion <clears throat> I would come and expect to learn something like that that would be my main yeah, expectation because you know you always say like well what was your takeaway today from mm -hmm. the sermon if you were to have a discussion you know about it afterwards or maybe yeah. i'd hang out with people that i know i'd go and hug people greet people yeah. but i'd be receiving a, a teaching so i right. didn't sort of my my main expectation was learning yeah and i think what's so different is and what has taken quite a bit of an adjustment from our people and even yeah. from us is to shift that expectation and to say the way that I'm going to meet Jesus rather than through my brain hmm. and what I'm going to learn is through meeting Jesus around a table mm -hmm. and 
when you do that, there's two things that you're doing there. You're saying, okay, I'm going to meet Jesus in the community where two or three are gathered in my name. There I am too. And it is different to meet people through other people's stories. Someone just mentioned um, the other day when we were gathering as a staff that oftentimes like what people share in reflection of the Jesus story often hits them almost more. Oh yeah. You know, because like Jesus used that moment, the Holy Spirit is facilitating people sharing their lives. Um, And you meet Jesus or you learn something or you grow in a way or you're invited into something based upon just what is being shared. And then there's a nourishment. There's an actual nourishment that happens when you eat. Yeah, (laughs) right. Bodied nourishment. Yes. And so it's really different to be eating with people around you. And so the loneliness factor, like we've said this, you can't be anonymous at dinner church. Like it is not a place to go in and go, you know, get in and go out and to not be seen. Like it's about being seen. It's about experiencing community and meeting some of those needs that we have as human beings of getting, decreasing the isolation in our life and increasing the community in our lives. So the expectations are so different. Yeah. And that, that has been a growing edge for us, like for us as leaders and when we when we've made this shift our leadership team has kind of been like oh like where are we going to get the the teaching from you know like that's been a continual question and let's just be real like jd and i have spent a lot of hours trying to up our preaching game in the in the years that we've been pastors and we're not using some of those gifts in the ways that we were before but it's because we are saying we are trusting that there's space for Jesus to do something different. Yeah. And that is hard sometimes. <laughs> Thank you so much for for saying that because it highlights so much about what's what's different and I think is a great plug for our next conversation hey, hey. which will be how do you actually be around the table mm-hmm. at dinner church which is probably the most essential thing. But I just want to point out some of the things that you said like this, this shift towards dinner church, if you're considering it, is really important for the church as a whole because it's been a head, intellectual, heavy church. And it's actual muscles of being able to love people in the way of Jesus, to actually live out the way of Jesus, to actually talk about Jesus with others, to actually listen to what the Holy Spirit's doing in others' lives. Mm-hmm. We, we're really out of practice in this way of doing church. Well, and this is in 20. 20- 22 now which we've had two years of a pandemic of living in very isolated ways yeah we're just like accustomed to isolation which is its own problem that compounds it um but like we my opa used to say my grandpa used to say it's easier to act your way into a new way of thinking than think your way into a new way of acting and this is putting boots on the ground with that way of that philosophy like we're trying at dinner church you're kind of forced to act your way into becoming a Jesus follower Mm -hmm. instead of just keep thinking your way into being a Jesus follower because there's going to be strangers around your table. They're Mm going to say weird things. You're going to be consistently presented with the opportunity to love your neighbors and your community in the way of Jesus because you're going to be bringing yourself in a relational conversation sort of way. So that just know that's what you're choosing. Mm -hmm. 
and like the metrics like you're talking about as a pastor like i still struggle with coming away like man i really bombed that jesus story and it's like (laughs) it doesn't quite matter as much anymore it's like that's not the main thing Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter as much anymore and it used to really matter if you're gonna Mm -hmm. make sermons the high point that was the pinnacle of of the yeah it has been Mm -hmm. for centuries the pinnacle of christian gatherings is whether it's not a good sermon or not this is just different. Like your, your, your high point, your metrics are what was Jesus doing around the tables mm-hmm. and the Holy Spirit's a lot better at discipling people than you are, it turns out. Mm-hmm. And like leads, leads people to draw things out of the text, out of the story, out of other people's lives and conversation. And you're just letting the Holy Spirit, setting the table for the, like you say, setting the table for the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. to do its work. I want to rewind because I think that rewind. the, the, uh, the Catholics actually, uh, would would disagree with our our Ooh. saying that you know the sermon has been the pinnacle. I don't know if yeah. you've sat through a Catholic no, mass that's before, good. Yep. but you know they they elevated and they have still to this day elevated the Eucharist as yep. the high point of of their service yep. and for good reason to yep. say when we pause and remember who Jesus is and who he was before his death and his death and his resurrection, like he did this practice with his disciples, and so just want to give them that's... a little credit. <laughs> that's fantastic it shows our own bias and being proudest coming from a protestant totally. evangelical perspective and people listening to this who come from those traditions mm-hmm. that elevate eucharist are probably actually better equipped to mm-hmm. step into this in a lot yeah. of ways than than we have been because not of everybody wants a 45 minute sermon or you know like <laughs> yeah for us for some people it's like you get past 12 and they're like come on man all right we're done now right come on gal yeah yeah so those are the essential elements. Which of those has been most, I mean, you kind of shared what's been different, but mm-hmm. which of those are most meaningful uh, about this new expression and which of those might be most surprising for someone who's trying this? Yeah, I think um, I'm, I'm someone who, while I love how the church has become my personal family in a lot mm-hmm. of ways, like the place where I feel most at home, the thing that I've always felt sort of conviction around is this, like, how do you get people in the door? Mm. Like, the church is not just meant for those who already know Jesus. Yeah. Um, I didn't come to serve the healthy. I came to help the sick. You know, like, that's what Jesus said. And so this tension that has been a part of, I mean, I, I've been a churchgoer my entire life is how how do you have an open door to the neighborhood and it is it is an open door to the neighborhood that yeah. feels different it really does feel different and you don't yeah. have to know when to you know do all the liturgical things yeah. you have to come and want to have a meal yeah and being your authentic self is is not trying to do the church stuff it's about coming and being you and you can choose if you want to participate in the discussion or not you can choose if you even want to stay um, and for those who are consistent that the, so that's one thing. And then the, for those who are consistent, I think it's a growing muscle that I'm growing to expect something different and, and from God, um, to expect something different in ways that Jesus is going to show up around the table, that the Holy Spirit is going to facilitate, um, community growth, you yeah. know, so those those two things have been um, not only convictions for me, but places where I f- feel like why I want to keep at it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's awesome. 
Well, I think that's probably good for this episode. Yeah, we should shut it I, down. <laughs> we gotta shut this down. <laughs> Get two of us talking about the thing that's deeply meaningful to us. Hopefully this is deeply meaningful to you as you're listening to this. And if you are curious at all, I would love to talk to you. We would love to talk to you. Yeah. And we would love to hear your questions. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's a lot of questions that even came up as I was listening to this, thinking about what you might be thinking about, like, tell me more about food. How do you figure that out? Does the location matter? What what components of the location do, do you think about? Like, what do you do with kids? Like, all, there's just tons of questions. Yeah, frequently and asked questions. Yeah, and we still have tons of questions. So, like, let us right. ask the questions together, and we want to just give you an invitation to be a part of uh, what's going on and mm-hmm. start asking questions with us and have some responses and try some stuff out yourself. And uh, we, I'm sure, we'll learn as much from you, your questions, where you're at, than we can share with you as well. So, the best way to do that is email me at jd at northcitychurchmpls.com. That MPLS is for Minneapolis, if you're wondering. JD at northcitychurchmpls.com. Let's start a conversation about this. And if you're a North City person listening to this and you're like, I got more questions about why we do this thing, I've got some feedback, of course you know how to get a hold of us. So please, let's keep having a conversation because we're doing this together. Anything you want to say in closing? Keep at it. I think the the biggest thing is to say, Holy Spirit, how are you leading this church? Yeah. You know, and so, and this is this, our story is descriptive of, yeah, of our church. It's not prescriptive. So yeah. that's the place where we're coming from, and the place we felt invited to. Hundred percent. Well, we'll be back with another episode sometime about how to be around the table with others. Sounds good. See you later.